Welcome to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern, the radio show for entrepreneurs and business owners, leaders, and dreamers. Learn more at newsradioklbj.com and onemanbrandradio.com. Now, here's Ray. Yes, indeed. It's the voice of the entrepreneur, One Man Brand Radio, here on News Radio KLBJ. We're here Saturday mornings from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Thanks for being here with us. Got a great show lined up. Making his third appearance on the show, which actually brings you ahead of Tim Miles now. We've got Jeffrey Eisenberg here, but now not on the phone, but here in the studio. Also, Brian Eisenberg, Brian and Jeffrey Eisenberg here together. One man brand. You know, I've known you guys for what? 12, 13 years now. I want to take it back old school New York style. But for starters, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Here's where I want to start. I'm going to start with you, Brian, actually. So when Jeff was on the first time he was on the show, I, I bust his balls a little, gave him a little bit of a hard time about his Brooklyn swagger in the Brentwood neighborhood, which kind of evokes the image of, you know, John Travolta, Saturday Night Fever rolling up to the Minimax, but it was really just that we kind of bump into each other, yeah. walking dogs, right? You're also an Austin guy, different neighborhood, but, but my point is when I first met you guys, you guys have this gigantic company in Brooklyn. You got all these employees. You come to sell that company. And you guys both moved to Austin. Tell me the story. So I moved here uh, now just a little over five years ago. So Jeffrey was already here for almost a couple of years. I left because I had a crazy landlord in New York. And I said, okay, it's time to get out of New York. And I had three kids. And I'm like, hey, Austin looks like the right place to be. Because for what we do, we can be in any wonderful city. And uh, of course, Austin happens to be one of the top three metros in the country for raising children. And so, hey, it made absolute sense for us. Mm -hmm. Jeff, let's bring you in here on this. How, how is it different? What you guys do? I know you travel a lot. And, and obviously, you guys don't have another big company with 30 employees here like you did up in Brooklyn when I first met you. But how, how is it different living in the Big Apple versus living here in terms of what you guys do you know, in your day to day? How's it different? Yes. Wow. The, the stress levels are way lower. Um, <laughs> Yes, I mean you, you know. Yesterday we sat out by in Brian's backyard while our dogs played and and, See, and spoke. So it wasn't. And, and it I wasn't saw that winter. on Facebook. Just for the record, I saw all that on Facebook, and I was like, I could be there. I could be because I mean, it's like last time I saw you, it was like, come on up anytime. I'm like, so does that mean? Does that include when I see it on Facebook? Just hop in the car, swim trunks. Yes? Absolutely. Okay, good, good. Strength sure. But you guys are working on a book, right? You're working on your book, or uh, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That's what you said you were doing on Facebook yesterday. <laughs> anyway, but no, you guys are. And there's there's a website that you guys are sort of rolling this out chapter by chapter in conjunction with Roy H. Williams, our mutual friend. Brand like Amazon. Tell me what that's about. So brand like Amazon, even a lemonade stand can do it. That's the subtitle is a book that we've written in the style of a story. It's actually a quite engaging story. We wouldn't have had the talent to do it, but Roy Williams ap is absolutely sure. fantastic. Full writer. disclosure, my business partner, Roy Williams, keep going. And, and ours. Yeah, right? that's a cool so, yeah. And so he was able to take these ideas that we've been rolling out over the last few years about how to help people grow their businesses. I mean, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you know all about anxiety and stress and sure. you know you you worry about whether you're growing enough you know you worry about whether your customers are happy and you know what kind of expectations they have and whether you're meeting them or not and it's a constant struggle right to focus on the important and not let it slide at the expense of the urgent 
Interesting. It's One Man Brand Radio. you got Brian and Jeffrey Eisenberg. We're talking about branding like Amazon. Now, let's talk about the style of it being written in, in a story. And, you, and Brian, Jeff was saying that, that that's sort of Roy's, he's able to, to sort of spin it in that direction. What's that collaboration like? I know you guys, I know Roy for so long now. What's that collaboration like with him? Well, so, so let me start, you know, uh, we initially made it down to Austin because I found Roy's book on a bookshelf uh, in the now sort of defunct, struggling Borders bookstore. <laughs> and we're talking about the Wizard of Ads. The yeah, original, the original Wizard of Ads. Uh, and I had read it in the bookstore, bought it, brought it home, gave it to Jeffrey. And then the following week, he called up and came down to... It was the next morning, but he came. But he came down, you know, right away for one of the first academy classes ever. Mm-hmm. And we've been coming down ever since. And I got to say, from that point, from all the all the stuff that I've read that Roy has written, I, I honestly believe this is probably some of his best writing ever. Well, that's awfully tall <laughs> praise, and I should also, just in the interest of clarification, uh, anybody who's driven out to the Salt Lake and seen the Wizard Academy signs, what Brian's talking about is the original iteration of Wizard Academy in the converted garage out in back of what was then the Wizard of Ads home office, yes? Oh, wow. That's th- Listen, I came down here, it was the beginning of the year 2000. We had to be really grateful that, you know, Y2K didn't take us down, okay? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Brian read that book in... Uh, sometime in December. Uh-huh. Um, I called the next morning. I found out that he was doing a free public seminar. Yes. I came down. And in the original iteration, what you're talking about was a converted gym. He originally was a gym in his office at his office building. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I'm talking about is full of okay, so what I'm talking about is 04, at which point I was an entry level copywriter in that building. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I, so when I came in, it was in an attic. <laughs> okay, with about. with 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 one um, egress point, and had the fire department. Oh, I know what you. They talking. would have yes. busted him really bad. Right. So we were up there with like twenty five people in a room that fit fifteen. Wizard Academy now thirty two acres. It's a whole different thing. But that's exactly how you innovate and experiment. I love it. And, and and I mean, it fits right with what we're talking about in the book. And and that's what the collaboration's been about, right? I mean, Roy's inspired us so long, and uh, he's been watching us work with some of the companies we've been working with over the years, and, and really understanding why this very complex message, which is really just some four basic principles that you need to understand of what Amazon's doing, and telling it in a simpler way, in a more powerful way, and that that's what Roy is just a master at doing. This is One Man Brand Radio, Brian Eisenberg, Jeffrey Eisenberg, in together, in the studio, got him for the whole show, and uh, man, I guarantee you we're going to run out of show before we run out of things to talk about. Brand Like Amazon is the book. I'm putting myself in the shoes of the listener for a moment. Sure. Right? Having started several businesses. Sure. And I'm saying, Brand Like Amazon, man, those suckers, they have you know, gazillions of dollars, and they've got all these resources, and why Amazon? And the the key thing is that what we're talking about is applicable whether you're a one-man band. Mm-hmm. Or brand. Or brand. Yes. Um, or whether you're a large multinational corporation. And the book specifically is re- being written with small businesses in mind. It's why the subtitles, even a lemonade stand can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, lemonade stand's iconic. Every entrepreneur has thought of that. Sure. But we're saying that there's four simple things that everybody needs to do. These are the four pillars, right? So customer centricity is the first pillar, right? Customer at the center of the universe. The second one is continuous optimization. You just keep making it a little bit better every day. 
a culture of innovation, actually doing new things, trying new experiments and failing often. And the fourth one is corporate agility, failing fast, but also succeeding fast. And those are four things. And the thing is that you would expect when you say that, right, intuitively, mm -hmm. you'd say, wow, that's no big deal. I do those things. I believe in those things. But yet, they're so hard to actually accomplish, right? Although they're intuitive, things get in the way. And we're talking about what gets in the way and how to how to hold that down, right? It's a little mm -hmm. bit like holding a, a beach ball under the pool, right? Sure. But we're most concerned with how do you actually build a business based on experience? Because we're talking about brand like Amazon. Brand often has the connotation of somebody's doing a lot of advertising, right? So, you know, if you don't have this big advertising budget, we're going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Jeff Bezos said that they take most of the money that would normally be put into advertising and they put it into improving the customer experience. And they're the best at it. They even do things like, and I'm going to let Brian tell the story because he, he actually discovered this um, and is sort of fascinated with it. This is One Man Brand Radio, News Radio, KLBJ. Going to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll pick it up with Brian Eisenberg and Jeff Eisenberg. Branding like Amazon and oh so much more. They're here for the full show and we'll pick it up next when One Man Brand Radio continues on KLBJ. You're listening to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern on News Radio KLBJ. Now, here's Ray. And we're back. Voice of the Entrepreneur is One Man Brand Radio here on KLBJ with Brian and Jeffrey Eisenberg working on a book, collaborating with uh, Roy H. Williams on Brand Like Amazon. Even a lemonade stand can do it. And when we went to commercial break, Jeff was kind of prodding you a little bit about a story that would work well about, about experience, right? Yeah, I, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs miss the fact that experience doesn't happen in the things that customers naturally expect. They expect a product to be arrived. They expect you to show up on time. Those things are not going to earn you respect and word of mouth and great experiences. That's not what does it. It's always in the little details. And so I'm going to give you, I, I think is a, a classic example. There is somebody's job at Amazon to think about that packing tape that goes on their boxes. Now think about it. I'm sure you've ordered boxes from other retailers, right? Sure. Have you ever noticed the Amazon ones are just so easy to stink your finger <laughs> in and rip open? Well, now that you mention it, sure. The packages are simple to open. And then mm -hmm. the other ones that you get from other retailers, you have to get a scissor right. or a knife or a blade and whatever, and you have to slice it open. And it doesn't end there. Then you have to get inside. And the only one who's ever been concerned with rap rage Rap rage. Rap <laughs> That's rage? a great term. I know what it is. Well, you're about, you're about to have another baby. You're going to go through severe rap rage <laughs> as you start opening up all these toys with the hard shell plastic uh, yeah. and the twist uh. ties. And he's the only one who went to the manufacturers and said, okay, look, the experience doesn't stop when the package arrives at the door. The experience stops when we actually start using the product. So we've got to make the box easy to open and it can't rip open. It's got to be perfectly enough to wrap it. Yet... When I open it, it also has to be frustration-free, and they create this whole level of frustration-free packaging. It's One Man Brand Radio. Brian Eisenberg and Jeffrey Eisenberg here talking about branding like Amazon. And one of the things that I thought was interesting, kind of kind of parlaying on that a little bit, is this idea that, obviously, you guys know I'm a big fan of expectation guides experience, right? And in this case, what I hadn't really thought about is it's other categories. It's not just the expectations in your category. It's the sum total of expectations in other categories. Well, look... 
when FedEx came along, and I'm old enough to remember that, I remember before overnight was a thing. I mean, I remember when faxes started, and that was mm-hmm. an incredible thing, right? And so expectations get set. In the 70s, McDonald's mandated that the bathrooms at every franchise be cleaned and maintained clean. And they raised the bar for everybody all across the country, expected clean bathrooms. I mean, before that, public bathrooms... Um, sure we're real mess and you remember like grocery stores you had to walk through the flaps in past the they didn't even have restrooms up front right yeah. so the idea is that it's not the people in your category it's not your competitors mm-hmm. that you need to keep up with sure right and and that is one of the things that we're telling entrepreneurs is if you're worried about keeping up with your competitors you've already fallen behind what you want to do is keep up with your customers we're not talking about running from a bear where i need to outrun you <laughs> Right. What we're what we're talking about is, you know, we're not talking about competitors. We're talking about expectations that have been set. If Amazon, you know, if you're selling a product, a premium product, a luxury product, a product that people, you know, leave you good margin for, well, why should they expect any less than a discounter like Amazon? Amazon's not a premium service, right? Why should they expect anything less than perfect? like what Amazon does. Why should anybody expect that you take a couple of hours to get back to them on the phone? Why should they expect any of these things that although might be standard for your industry are just not the way the customers think? So we're very concerned that most of the entrepreneurs that we meet on a daily basis, they're just not aware of this. They're saying, hey, you know, in my industry, my competitors, well, you know, let me know how that turns out. Yeah, I mean, we all share the same people, the customers. And what's interesting from an Amazon perspective is they're not only influencing, obviously, shopping, right? I mean, almost 50% of the holiday dollars went through Amazon. A billion orders, right? Crazy amount of numbers. So almost every household, like 50% of households, are touching Amazon on a weekly basis. I mean, it's it's scary. Uh, but that's, that's with Prime members. But Amazon also has one of the fastest growing B2B companies in the world. And other than Netflix, they're now becoming one of the most successful media houses. And if you look at Jeff Bezos and Washington Post, what he's doing there in journalism, he's setting the bar, again, with these four pillars. And so if we're not watching the way he's operating, and he's shown this over 20 years, this is the new way that we need to start operating if we want to be successful in this new world, essentially. One Man Brand Radio, News Radio, KLBJ with the Eisenberg brothers, Jeff Eisenberg, Brian Eisenberg here. We're talking about branding like Amazon. I'm curious, Jeff, help me out here a little bit. So I get this. You've got the four pillars, keeping it customer-centric, continual optimization, innovating, and agility. How do you make this portable and applicable to smaller companies where philosophically, yeah, it all makes sense. I get that it's a book I can read, but how do you make it actionable? So, so here, here's the thing. This is what's really fascinating is most people think that it's big companies that have the advantage. The ones who have the advantage are actually owner-operated companies. At this point, what Amazon has shown is, yes, they have huge dollars and that's very helpful, but they have small focused teams and they keep those teams really focused. They have a two pizza rule, okay? What that means is if you need more than two pizzas to feed 
a team, mm-hmm. you have too many people <laughs> working on it. Yeah. Okay. But, 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 in tech, in, but in Texas, how many tacos is that? Because I think we need uh, right. we need a translation. Well, we, yeah, we need the pizza taco conversion rate. Absolutely, yeah, we'll, we'll I like it. That Especially we'll, at six a.m. in the morning. Right. right. We'll we'll figure that one out later. But but as far as I can tell, I don't think he's talking about sixteen people. I no, think I he's talking it. about for adults. sure. Probably we're talking about an eight-person team is a Mass. big yeah, team. Sure. Right. So first. Having people who are really accountable and having people responsible for those things, that's really important. But one of the things that they do that's so different is that they measure things differently than mm-hmm. everybody else. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know that every entrepreneur is, wor- is worried about their sales and they're mm-hmm. looking at their financial statements and they're looking at their bank account. Mm-hmm. And what Amazon does is never worries about those things. And keep in mind, they never worried about those things when they didn't have a pot to piss in. What they knew is that if they continued to do the right things, they would get the right outcome. And so the metrics that they focus on are the ones that matter to customers. This is One Man Brand Radio, News Radio, KLBJ. Brian Eisenberg and Jeff Eisenberg are talking about branding like Amazon in the first half of the show. I got some other things I want to cover. Well, one of the things that we mentioned earlier on, right, is that let's stick with what is always going to be consistent with our customers, right? What's not changing? And so Jeff Bezos went ahead and said, well, you know what? Customers are never going to say, I want less selection. Right. Right? Sure. And so they maximize the amount of items in a given category. They're never going to say, I want to pay more. (laughs) True. Right. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's try to be kind of simple when you keep it like that, right? Yeah. They're never going to say, "Oh, I want that product delivered slower." We live in an Amazon Prime city. We can get stuff delivered within a half an hour at times, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's really amazing, mm-hmm. right? And if not free within two hours, um, and they're never going to say, "You know what? I really want a rotten experience." Right. And so, you know, just by focusing on that, and by the way, their category managers are measured. And responsible for looking at those four factors, and that's what they measure, not on sales. In other words, they're saying, okay, look, from a selection point of view, I need to have between five and seven times the amount of selection of my top competitors. If I'm doing that in that category, I'll win out. And we saw what they've done in fashion with stores like Macy's closing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. From a price perspective, they change the price over six million times a day. Okay, they're not always the lowest price, but on all the competitive items, they're changing the prices to be right there with everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, from a delivery point of view, like we said, it's something like ninety something percent of every single package is now delivered from a zone zero or a zone one, so right next door to you essentially. And then they always score higher on the American Customer Satisfaction Index, and they've been doing it for years. And a classic example is, you know, I ordered the wrong backup drive for my MacBook Pro when I ordered, when I got mine a couple of years ago, the one with the wrong cable. I sat asked for the refund, no problem. Here's the label. Sat in my house for three weeks. The day I decided to put the label and bring it to the UPS store, I had credit on my credit card mm-hmm. for the return, even though it's still sitting in the UPS store. Wow. Now, that's a wow. That's exactly it. Sure. It's, it's just a wow moment. Mm-hmm. It's like the, they're just saying, what can we do? And everybody in the organization thinks about what can we do to make – the experience better to be wow to get the wow it's one man brand radio news radio klbg we got just a couple of minutes before we get a break for the news and when we come back on the other side i want to talk to you kind of about the state of search and social because i know you guys are traveling the globe talking about that stuff as well jeff wrap it up and put a bow on it branding like amazon and by the way brand like amazon.com is where listeners can go to sign up and get the chapters as they're released yes that's where they can go brand like amazon and the site is still in flux. I mean, as of this, we probably aren't 100% ready, but we'd love to have you sign up and we'll get you the uh, previews of every chapter as they come out. We are publishing one chapter a week. 
If we wanted to put a bow on this, right, if we wanted to say anything else. So what we're talking about is that wow factor, right, is budgeting for word of mouth, making sure that you have customers who aren't just happy or they think, eh, you're okay, but they think you're out of this world, phenomenal, they'll do anything for you. This is what we're talking about. It's not a big company thing. It's a every company thing. One of the things that we talk about in the book is how every entrepreneur, including Walmart in their early days, basically followed these same four pillars. They're not unique to Amazon. They're, like I said, you know, they're kind of intuitive. What we're hoping is that people who are worried about a digital and all this kind of transformation and what that's doing to them, well, don't worry about the channels. Don't worry about the technology. Optimize for the customer. Make sure that what you're doing keeps the customer central and that your whole organization is focused on the same story. It's one of the things that, that we're focused on is one story of how that experience works, on how that experience continually gets better and better. And you can't fail if you do that. You know, this is a faith-based initiative. A friend of ours, Avinash Kaushik, has come up with that term. We <laughs> like it a lot. But, you know, what we tell people is if you believe that doing the right things will get you the right results, then this book is for you. If you're somehow cynical, you're looking for a shortcut, you think that, hey, you know, it's luck or, you know, again, I, I don't know what to do for you. Yeah. One Man Brand Radio. We take a quick break. Let's let's get the news in and out and uh, we'll be back. Pick things up with Jeff and Brian Eisenberg next when One Man Brand Radio continues here on KLBJ. You're listening to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern on News Radio KLBJ. Now, here's Ray. Yes, indeed. We're back. One Man Brand Radio here on KLBJ. Voice of the Entrepreneur. Got the Brothers Eisenberg in for the whole show today. Uh, we've had a lot of fun talking about their book, which they're releasing chapter by chapter at brandlikeamazon.com. But let's do a quick little history lesson. We'll start with you, Brian. I'm, I'm curious, you know, you know, some of my favorite memories early on at Wizard Academy, whether it was out in the converted gym in mm-hmm. Buda at the old office, when Roy bought the 30 acres, you know, there for all that and all that. And so seeing you guys then and there, what's it been like being part of Wizard Academy's growth and, and your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's been fascinating because when we first started, obviously, we were very focused only on online experiences and improving online conversion rates. And our focus was on, you know, hey, let's use some data and some web analytics and uh, a little bit about design and uh, a little search and to see how the world has changed over the last 20 years. And Roy had a lot of faith in us knowing that we were trying to be a little ahead of the market, unfortunately, for for our business at the time. People really weren't ready to hear how important it was for experience. And for a lot of years, we weren't big fans of Amazon, by the way. We were telling people, there's no reason it should succeed. And then we just watched it kind of steamroll. And I think probably a lot of people felt the same way about Roy and Wizard Academy 15 years ago. That's fair. Um, When I started working for Roy in 2004, and then when I became a partner in the Wizard of Ads group in 2006, I mean, we're 57 offices around the world now, Australia, Latin America, Great Britain. I mean, you know, so, and a lot of that uh, is because uh, I think of Roy kind of being a little bit, you know, but but with the academy, particularly, you're still going to get the Harry Potter and yeah, the no, Snickers and, and, and all. And, that. And, and, yeah. and and given all that, but you know what? When he first bought that property and he talked about what's going to be here and what's going to be there, and he brought Marley Porter to help kind of you know plan the designs and stuff like that. I yes. mean, it, it really was, I think, Roy's faith based initiative, and his, and his biggest one was Chapel Dulcinea, and I think it's a great example about 
why everything we talk about in the book today is, is so relevant and, and proven in concrete mm-hmm. at Chapel de Sinea. Right. Wizard Academy is is a business school founded by my business partner, Roy H. Williams. And on that 30 acres is a free wedding chapel that now hosts almost a thousand weddings a year. Yeah, I think it was more, it was more than that. But yeah, it's a tremendous amount of weddings every single year. And people come from all over the globe for a free wedding. And he built it because he, he valued the commitment. And he just knew that if he built something so spectacular overlooking the cliff in a beautiful place, that people would come. Didn't know what would, would come of it, but he knew... Again, right? If you do the right thing, it pays off for the customer in the long term, and it's turned into a very profitable business for him. He budgeted for word of mouth, right? I mean, basically, he's got tons of people talking about it, and it brings all sorts of people to him. And you know, it took a cash outlay; it was a sure. substantial cash outlay, mm-hmm. you know, emotional outlay, and everything else. But Roy understands branding better than most people. And what he was doing was he was talking about commitment and commitment to relationships, right? He was talking about relationships between a man and a woman. That's why it's called Chapel Dulcinea. But Mm -hmm. at the heart of branding is what's your relationship like with your customers? Who are you and what will you be? How will you be constant to them, right? And so that's the essence of it. Now, what's fascinating, and if Brian will talk about it, is what the implications are for modern marketing, especially online, right? Because everybody wants to talk about search engine optimization, social mm-hmm. media, mobile versus desktop, all that stuff. And and if you wouldn't mind, I'm, I'm going to hand it to Brian. Brian, I still see you on Facebook all the time. You're flying to Stockholm. You're flying to Israel. You're when it seems like a lot of these conferences are about social or they're about search. Maybe that's just because those are big buzzwords that put butts in seats. But we were talking earlier, kind of a lot of that stuff is overlapping these days. But you guys have always been good at sort of having the crystal ball about where these things are headed. Yeah, you know, this is all about digital marketing. The only thing digital marketing did, and this is what Jeff Bezos started out his premise with is that he wanted to be Earth's most customer-centric company. If you think about Jeff uh, Bezos, if you ever heard him speak, he's not a warm, fuzzy guy. But what he understood is that data can help you understand your customers better, right? Other than that, sometimes you have to take big intuitive leaps. So Roy built this chapel. People go there, and it's totally non-digital, right? It's got gas lights, you know, the, the way it's constructed. People have to go there to kind of see it. If You know, if you're in town, you've got to m- make a trip to go there. And what's happened is if you look on things like TripAdvisor and uh, the Knot, Chapel de Sinea is coming up on like every single one of those top 10 lists of places to go and see and things to do uh, in Austin. And it's built in the word of mouth. And that word of mouth traveled obviously to online people rate it review it share pictures with their friends about it and what happens is the engines say hey this is being talked a lot about we should surface it and i think what's going to happen is i mean i see the day over the next couple of years as people you know hop on their phones and you know in in the car they land on the plane uh, here in austin they get out into their car and they'll go okay what should we go to see and siri or our automated assistants over the next few years there's gonna be a whole bunch of them I was basically going to say, hey, one of the places you need to go see is Chapel de Sinea because there's 752 people talking about it this month. Mm-hmm. It's One Man Brand Radio, News Radio, KLBJ. Stay a little ma- more macro with me in the crystal ball. Let's talk about voice. Let's talk about how that is going to potentially, I-, I don't know, change the landscape. Uh- yeah, we talk about staying ahead of customers the whole time, right? We've been talking about the whole afternoon. And when you think about staying ahead of customers, Jeff Bezos 
it was an experiment to create Amazon's Alexa, to create this little speaker inside a device that people can just talk to. And if you remember initially, all it did was play music. It didn't really do anything else. All of a sudden, it didn't allow you to put a wish list. Now it allows you to shop. You can say, you know, Alexa, buy me 12 dozen cases of Charmin toilet tissue. So I'm sorry if I just confirmed that for you. Okay. But that's just going to happen. And it's just this conversation we're going to be having with these devices in our home. And like I had told you earlier, I bought a new car. It has Apple CarPlay in there. It's now fully integrated into Siri. So, you know, when I'm going to hop in the car now to drive back home, the map is going to automatically tell me how many minutes it's going to get there. It's going to guide me. It can tell me where to go. I do searches on there. It reads me messages. At some point, it'll filter through my emails and read them as well. This is where we're going in this voice search. And what the big implication for this is, if you remember very early on in search, people used to only do like one, two word searches. And what's going to happen is if you think about the conversations we're having now and that we can have with Siri, that we can have with Alexa, or now with Google Home as well, and the Google Apps, that conversation, those phrases are going to get much longer. Mm -hmm. And it's going to change the way we have to think about content, the way we deliver content, the way it engages with people. And of course, audio is definitely not going anywhere. So One Man Brand Radio, Eisenberg Brothers here. So one of the things, at one of the early Wizards of Web class that you guys did, it was the first time where it became very clear it's going to feel kind of dated or, or maybe even mm-hmm. just very rudimentary considering you know where you guys are at in terms of teaching this stuff. But I remember... It, in your class, it was one of the first times that, that I learned for my customers. What you want to do is anticipate what a person types into the Google bar is what's in their head. So when they land on your page, they better see what started off in their head. That they were, If they don't see that in blue staring back at them, you're screwed, right? Exactly. So how do you evolve that very simple truism to this new voice-enabled world? Well, it comes back to the challenge that we're all facing, right? I mean, years ago, they used to say that we used to get up to like 500 marketing messages a day. Today, I think that number has escalated to over 5,000. If you think about how much time we're consumed on Facebook and, and everywhere else on YouTube that we're getting bombarded with messages, what's going to happen is we are going to have an artificial intelligence agent that will block things for us. They'll filter things for us. They'll know our preferences and just bring us back only a handful of those results that are truly meaningful for us, right? It kind of goes back to the old black hat, white day, early days. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and and what's going to happen is like, you know... uh, Because people will will attempt to hack this to figure out the workaround to exploit it to... Well, a a simple example, right? I have a new puppy. Right, he's ten and a half months old, so we're getting ready to wean him off puppy food, and I get my puppy food through subscribe and save on Amazon. And I just got my last bag a couple of weeks ago, and so when that bag's done, he's going to go to adult dog food. Amazon didn't start me from scratch at looking at all the different adult dog foods. It knew I had a particular brand that I was looking for organic type foods, and it just gave me the same alternative from the one I'm currently ordering for adult dogs and a couple of others because it already knew enough about me, it learned enough about me Mm -hmm. to just bring me what I had to do, even though it has such a huge selection. Yeah, this it becomes harder and harder to cheat. This is what we're really talking about is if you want people to talk about you and that's how you get noticed in search and social these days is there are signals that the search engines are looking at to figure out whether or not you're noteworthy. But think about what the word remarkable means. It means able to be remarked on, right? Remarkable. Mm -hmm. If you're not remarkable and you're just like everybody else, well, too bad for you because you're not going to get noticed, right? So being remarkable 
solves everything. Excellent. Yeah, and, and by the way, that could also mean sucking. Right. I, I mean, right. social proof will happen. One yeah, way or the I other, mean, right. you know, United breaks guitars is a great example, right? If you if you're really terrible yeah. and you mishandle guitar, I mean, you, you, people are going to talk about it. So it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Just don't be neutral. Local restaurants, you want to stand out. So even if you're a lemonade stand, right? Think about what goes into a lemonade stand. So every lemonade stand has water, lemon. Hold and that sugar. thought for a second. We got to take one last break, and we're going to pick it up with the lemonade stand coming full circle back to the book. We'll do it next when One Man Brand Radio continues. News Radio KLBJ. You're listening to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern on News Radio KLBJ. Now, here's Ray. Yes, indeed. Headed into the home stretch. We got the Eisenberg brothers here Brian Eisenberg, Jeffrey Eisenberg. The book is brand like Amazon. Even a lemonade stand can do it. Did I get that right? That's right. And we're talking uh, with these guys. One more segment here, kind of wrapping things up. So let's bring it full circle to the lemonade stand. It's obviously an iconic business metaphor, but you're applying it a specific way here. Yeah. So. You know what? Every lemonade stand in the world will serve lemonade, right? And they'll have water, lemon, and sugar. (laughs) Very simple. But if I want to be remarkable, I'm not going to be changing those ingredients. That's what I expect. If I'm expecting lemonade, that's what we're going to get. So how can I stand out? Well, you know what? Maybe I make ice cups and I serve it in an ice cup. People would talk about it, right? I mean, there's so many ways that you can be innovative. Now, of course, if if I'm doing ice cups in the middle of summer in 100 degree, you better be able to make short little shot because right, right. it will melt real uh-huh. fast, especially here in Austin. But it's that kind of thinking, right? right? Experiment, innovate with it, do something that people are going to be like, wow, that's incredible. It's the same way we see with tacos all the time, mm-hmm. right? The plain ordinary tacos are plain ordinary tacos. Just do something that just, you blend fa- fl- flavors. So Torchy's, Torchy's comes to mind immediately. That, that's exactly it. That all of a sudden sets a different standard, and you can see how people share it all over social media. Yeah, let's do a shout-out to Torchy's. They, they do an amazing taco. And for a Brooklyn guy, that's a big deal because tacos were, were not my thing. But really, if you look, Torchy's started in a truck, right? It was a it was a it was a food truck, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they sold tacos. What What's amazing about that in Austin, right? And they simply did it better, right? That's all it is. We're just asking you to be remarkable. If you watch what they do, they've always tried to deliver great customer service, mm-hmm. right? They're always on top of it. They're trying to come up with good experiences. They innovate in terms of trying to use technology, in terms of flavors, in, ter- in terms of new offerings. Of course, they have a little bit of that customer-centric side with, the, with their secret menu type stuff. And then, of course, they're always trying to improve things. That's the continuous optimization. Let's talk about that for a sec. I, yeah. I, I had Chris Himes from Indeed.com on a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying, you know, they, they've got 200 million searchers per month, 2 billion queries per month. And he said, basically, sitting right where you guys are, they, they don't make a move. with The, the data informs everything. And I, I know that you guys early on, even for my smaller companies, you guys were always about, if you're not using the data to make those decisions. So let's talk about this idea of of optimizing and innovating, what can smaller companies do to really get a handle on the data that they need to to be optimizing and, and maybe innovate? So, so let's start first. That you know, I founded the Web Analytics Association, that's also called the Digital Analytics Association. But both Jeffrey and I hate looking at spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I, I think that's an important thing to realize, right? In other words, the data is important, but you don't have to be a data geek. You have to let the data inform you. You have to have to let it speak to what the, the challenges are. It, it has to be the right data. I mean, I, I talked about this a little bit earlier. People are constantly looking at 
results. And the results is the wrong data. It's what causes the results that you can improve. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what the components are, right? If you don't know the inputs, then you can't improve anything. I'm going to bring it back even crazier for you. This is what I try to teach my son about baseball. Major League Baseball, is, people think about all the statistics, all the debt. They struggle because they've only focused in on outcomes. I have a slide at the first Web Analytics Association dinner. We had the head of analytics for the San Francisco Giants speak at our gala. And he went ahead and he shared this slide that showed that Major League Baseball has tons of data from people 17 and on, but basically it's a blank gap mm -hmm. from zero to 17. Mm -hmm. But obviously that's not true. The difference is we don't have outcome data because we don't know who they're facing. We can't tell if they're playing the same size ballparks and what speed pitching they're doing. But there's things that now the technology that's being developed that we can track swing metrics, how people move, how fast they can spin the ball, mm -hmm. how fast they can develop bat speed. So if you start taking a look at those inputs and what drives them, what trainers have they worked with, okay. right? Those are inputs. Perfect example, I'm trying to draft two pitchers, okay? And they both throw in their mid-90s. They're both six feet, 190 pounds. But one's been doing yoga and using resistance bands since he's 12. And the other one has been, you know, just a heavy weightlifter who's all tightened up you know what i'm gonna invest in the guy who's done yoga because he's less likely to bust that arm right. two years down the line okay right that's an input mm -hmm. and the problem is we're only going to look at oh you know what you've both thrown 92 so i can only do that and then say okay well you know what you won eight games last year but you won seven so i'm gonna go with the guy who won eight that would be looking at the wrong data that's right. just outcomes yeah you know one of the things that i've definitely learned working with home service companies in particular like weather driven industries like heating and air conditioning companies we look at sales and there's very few of the guys out there who I work with that are sophisticated enough to keep any kind of narrative of, well, what was going on in the company or what else was going on that might have affected that sales figure instead of it just, well, did the marketing work that month, right? Or was the weather where it needed? Because those are easy, right? Yeah, but, if, we have a, if we have a heat wave, they're going to get extra busy. Sure. And that's kind of easy. But but what else was going on? You know, did we have a, a big recruiting challenge? Was in that particular month, did, you know, were we turning away calls because we didn't have enough employees to make the calls? You know? or, or the parts that we couldn't get. or There you go. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. just so many other issues. One man brand radio. Radio here on News Radio Kelly. Just got a few minutes left with uh, Jeff and Brian Eisenberg here. Anything else in the crystal ball you can share with my listeners? Come on, you guys always have the good sort of you know out there. We've talked we've talked about search. We've talked about optimization and innovation. Give them the lottery numbers. Well, so I, I don't I don't want to necessarily give lottery numbers for the future, but I I am going to give you definitely crystal ball stuff. Roy Williams always used to say that advertising only accelerates the inevitable. Social media is like throwing gasoline on that. Okay, so if you suck, social media will just blow it up way faster. You can you can find out a story incredibly fast today. Sure. Right. If you're great, same thing. The world is going to get faster and faster and faster. We're getting better and better connected, better technology connecting us. Phones are getting faster. The cameras are getting faster. The video is getting faster. The one thing we need to do is we need to learn how to have a, have a corporate metabolism that can react faster. Okay. That can work at the speed of our customers. And so that's really what agility is about. You've got to constantly be making changes. You've got to constantly be on the move. Because uh, as we learned when we worked with, with Google for a couple of years, they referred to anybody who couldn't work with them for, for more than three months as like they figured out how to walk on quicksand. Right. Because the environment's constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And that's great the, metaphor. Yeah. yeah. And that's really the world that we live in today. I mean, you know, we've been sitting in the middle of this digital revolution for the last two decades. You know, Jeffrey and I really started out in the early mid 90s, focusing on online and where it was going to be. And 
you know, yes, we saw, thought it was going to be big, but nothing to see how disruptive it is now. We didn't imagine what social media would be, what a Facebook would be, and, and how that would change people's lives. All I know is we're getting closer and closer and faster and faster. And if you want to get closer and closer to your customers, you're going to have to get faster and faster. I haven't even mentioned the fact that you had these terrific early books that were bestsellers. There's Call to Action. There's Waiting for Your Cat to Bark. How do you feel those books hold up? How do they, how do they fit in this world that's moving so fast? They're so technology-oriented. What do you think, Jeff? Um, I think they hold up pretty well. I mean, you know, I, I have people still tell me that they keep copies on their desk and that they refer to them all the time, especially Waiting for Your Cat to Bark, which was a, a bigger picture, more strategy book, uh, you know, techniques on how to think about customers. I, I think if you read that book right now, you'd find that we were kind of prescient. Um, you know, Call to Action, which was our first New York Times bestseller. It's probably a little bit more dated, only in the sense that, you know, there's, there's not a lot there about mobile and stuff like that. It was just starting out. Mm -hmm. But the principles, um, they're still being taught. In fact, in Call to Action, one of the Easter eggs is I actually even talk about packing tape. Is that right? <laughs> I, <laughs> I got to go back and look at that. That's a, that's a big, but, you know, waiting for your cat to bark, I still encourage uh, clients. It, it's sad how, how bad some of the websites are out there still. That we could give them a book. Well, it gives 13, us, 14 it, years old. It gives and, a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of work to do. Yes, yes, yeah. indeed. You, you know, you, you say that, and the, the the thing that I find most frustrating. Right? Let's let's talk about this. Is what do people come to your website for, right? And so they may come with more complex questions, more complex answers. But if you're listening to this and you've got a store, and I can't tell what your hours are on my phone, and I can't tell what your address is, I can't tell whether you carry the type of products I actually want. You are failing miserably. If I can't I do that within seconds, <laughs> okay, you I had my are finger just, on the button. <laughs> yes, you are just you are sucking, failing. Yes, um, it, you know. So really, I mean, one of the very simple things is: can I get the most basic information before I get in my car and go to your store? Is it worthwhile? And if what comes up when I look on my phone are a bunch of terrible ratings, really quickly, you've got to get much better right right now hey if somebody wants to work with you guys uh, is brand like amazon.com the best way to to reach out to you guys or, or find we, you? we are not hard to find um <laughs> you know between um, multiple websites you know on social media linkedin connect with us reach out we're happy to chat and see how we can help you brian eisenberg jeffrey eisenberg best-selling new york times best-selling authors and uh Really uh, an interesting thing you've got going on with Brand Like Amazon. I can't wait to see where it all goes. And uh, thanks for being here with us uh, this morning on One Man Brand Radio. Thank you so much. Great pleasure. Thanks. Hey.